Guys, happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen. He is alive. And we are going to go to the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. We're going to go to chapter 16. And there's four accounts. There's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these four accounts give different details to the resurrection of Christ. And Mark's account is very brief. Mark was actually, he's, he's better known in scripture as John Mark. He was a, a, a Christian and he ended up, like he traveled a little bit with Paul, the Apostle Paul, but he ended up spending more time with Peter. And when we read the Gospel of Mark, this is really Peter. You could call this the Gospel of Peter. Um, it's Peter's account that John Mark would have written down. And the audience here is meant to be um, primarily a Gentile audience, non-Jewish audience. And it's just getting the gospel out. And all through the gospel of Mark, it is just, uh, and then Jesus did this. And then Jesus did this. And it's just kind of this fast-paced, uh, action-packed gospel, all crammed into 16 short Chapters, And we are going to chapter 16 as Jesus has gone to the cross. He has, has been uh, executed and the disciples don't know what's going on. It, is it all over? As, as the first Easter, as the sun is rising, they have no idea of what we have been celebrating today. They don't know what has happened. And so we are picking up here, Mark 16. We're going to read eight verses here. It says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. And the other gospel accounts fill in the details of them, what happened. Initially, they said nothing, but very quickly, then they changed and they began to share and tell the disciples what had happened. Guys, these three women, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, they're coming to the tomb to anoint what they think is to come and anoint the dead body 
of Jesus. The one they thought was going to be the Messiah. And they came to anoint his body. They are not expecting anything supernatural today. The question I have for all of us is, are we? Are we expecting something supernatural today? Or are we just going through some motions? Maybe even with good intent. These guys, these guys, these ladies were coming to probably tenderly, caringly, lovingly minister to Jesus. Caring for his body and seeing that it was prepared well. But they were coming to honor the dead. But God had other plans that would change everything. Guys, the resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything. It changes our plans. It shifts our lives. It shifts the way that we may have been preparing. And all of a sudden, Jesus has a new plan. Jesus has been preparing something very different. And the news we hear today may change our plans for life. So they come and they discover that this large stone has been moved. And they find this young man they don't recognize sitting in there wearing white. Matthew's gospel tells us this is an angel. Uh, Luke's gospel tells us there's another angel with him. And the women are alarmed. It's kind of, it seems like a, a maybe too mild of a word. I think if I were to say terrified, uh, that would probably be a little more what, what we would expect. They're terrified. But the angel says to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Guys, the gospel changes our hearts. He says to them, do not be alarmed. Before it changes our actions, before it changes the course of our life, the gospel that Jesus Christ has died for our sins, has been resurrected, raised from the dead for our justification. Before it changes our direction in life, the gospel changes our hearts from a place of fear, a place of being terrified, alarmed, to a place of rejoicing. Do not be alarmed, says the angel. Do not be afraid. This is the first directive, the first instruction given after Jesus' resurrection to women who were afraid. Do not be afraid. But even this, this good news that Jesus is alive. Jesus has been resurrected. Often in our own lives, we'll hear this at the same time in fearful circumstances. Now, I'm just imagining these women, they're going into a tomb that's like carved into the rock. It's a cave, and they're walking in expecting to find a dead body, and instead what they find is a live one. Imagine yourself walking into a funeral home expecting a dead 
body and you find a live one. Ah! This is terrifying. This is this is what what uh, uh, thriller movies and horror movies are made of. You're not expecting to find a live body, and they but they find an angel. They're shocked. Of course, they're shocked. Of course, they're terrified. But they're hearing really good news. Like good news, and I'm scared. But this is good news. And he says to them, you're seeking Jesus of Nazareth, but you won't find him here. You won't find him in the tomb. He's alive. And maybe even me saying that Jesus is alive. If you're hearing that, that might not, that might be a little bit scary. Because if Jesus is alive, it really does change everything. If Jesus is alive, then what he said matters. What he taught matters. If Jesus is not alive, if he was a good man, if he was a, 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 even a prophet, if he was a, a good teacher, but then he's not alive and he couldn't do what he said. Because remember, Jesus earlier in the Gospels, Jesus said, I'm going like the son of man will be betrayed. I will, I will die. I'll be killed. And on the third day, I will rise again. If he did it, then the things that he taught, you just put them alongside other good teachers who may have been right about some things and wrong about some things. But if he actually is alive, if he was raised from the dead, then we have to pay much closer attention to what he said and what he taught. Because this is coming from a man who has power over life and death. This is coming from a man who claimed to be the son of God. He even claimed before Abraham was, I am. When he claims these kinds of things and he teaches that the only way to the father is through him, we have to pay attention to this. Guys, I'm telling you today, he is alive. He did rise again from the dead. And this changes everything. So after the gospel changes our hearts, which is actually an ongoing process, the gospel also changes our heading. Okay? The gospel changes our hearts. The gospel changes our heading. It changes the course of our lives. The next thing the angel says is, go and tell his disciples and Peter. Remember, Mark is written uh, from Peter's uh, perspective as well. Uh, and Peter Peter would be so, uh, this would be so meaningful to him because Peter had denied Jesus. He said he would never abandon Jesus. He would be willing to die with Jesus. Only when it came down to it, he actually said he, he cursed himself. Like, if I'm really related to Jesus, then, you know, may I die a thousand deaths or whatever he, he said. But he cursed himself and denied that he even knew Jesus. That was how strong Peter actually was when it came down to it. So when the angel is commissioning the women, go and tell his disciples and Peter, 
that he's going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. That had to have been probably amazing and also a little bit fearful news for Peter to hear because he knew he had betrayed Jesus. He knew he had not done what he said. But guys, Jesus knows our weakness. He knows the areas where we struggle, where we have made giant promises. This is what I will do for God. And the good news of Easter is, is this. This is what Jesus has done for you. So the angel says to the women, go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going before you to Galilee. Go and tell. This is the second directive, the second instruction given after Jesus' resurrection. Go and tell. And this is to uh, some key women who had been traveling with Jesus and his disciples. They were his disciples. They were traveling uh, with him, learning along with the men. They were supporting Jesus' ministry. And these first commissioned believers, I don't know if they were, could even be called believers yet. They're just, they're figuring out, like they're hearing the news. Jesus is alive and they are commissioned to go and take that news. Go and tell. Who are they telling? Go and tell those who are grieving. Go and tell those who feel lost, who feel broken, who feel confused. Guys, that's a world all around us. People who are grieving, people who feel lost, people who feel broken, people who feel confused. Those who have heard Jesus' teaching. Remember, all Jesus' disciples had heard his teaching about the resurrection. But they're all living like Jesus is dead. Why? Because on Friday, Jesus is dead. On Saturday and the Sabbath, Jesus is dead. And the good news is, he's not dead. He's alive. Go and tell those who've heard the testimony about his resurrection, but they're living like Jesus is dead. Tell those who have abandoned Jesus. Tell those who feel guilty and ashamed. Tell those who've even cursed him, cursed themselves, denying anything to do with Jesus. Go and tell them he's alive. Guys, who do we start with with that good news? Those we know. These disciples were Jesus, or were, these disciples were these women's friends. They were the ones that they knew well. Go and tell. Our families need to hear the good news that Jesus is alive. Jesus is fully and completely alive. And guys, this gets to the third point of that the gospel doesn't only change our hearts, doesn't only change our heading, it changes our hope. It changes where we put our faith, where we place our faith. The angel says, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Guys, our hope is in the risen Christ. Jesus, our Lord, who has conquered sin and death. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says this. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God 
who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Removing the sting of death. Our hope is in this risen Lord Jesus Christ. He's alive and he is still leading the way. He's going before us. Just like the angel said to the message for the disciples was he's going before you guys he is alive he is going before us he's leading the way into the nations he's leading the way into neighborhoods he's leading the way into an eternal glory an eternity of life with him of learning I don't, do you call it day after day after day in eternity? I don't know how that works. But forever and ever learning more and more and more of the glories of God, the wonders of his creation. This is what awaits us. He is going before us. He has gone before us. Not only to the grave, but the first one to rise again with a physical glorified body. He has led the way, and this is the same hope that we have. John 14. I'm just going to read verse 2 and verse 6. Verse 2 says, In my Father's house, this is Jesus, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. One of his disciples says, wait, what, where are you going? And we, how do we know the way? We don't know the way. Jesus says in verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Guys, he is the way to the Father. He's going to the Father's home. And in the Father's home is a room prepared for everyone who follows Jesus. Everyone who entrusts their heart and their life to this risen Savior. I'm preparing a place for you, says Jesus. Guys, he's alive. That means the thing that he promised, he promised this, he said this to his disciples before he died. And then he rose again from the dead. And that matters if he's preparing a place for them. And he's the way to the Father. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, says Jesus. And guys, for all of us, he is still the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the one and only way to the Father. It's not complicated. It's very simple. By putting our faith and our trust in him, like at the very beginning today before we, we sang and we read from Romans 4, that he was raised for our justification. And just like Abraham his faith was credited to him as righteousness. So for us, when our faith is put in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, the one who would even call out by name Peter, the one who had cursed him and denied him, 
that Jesus who knows our faults, our shortcomings, our sinful pasts, maybe even our sinful present, that same Jesus is calling out to us and saying, put your faith and your, your trust in me. I am the way. Not how good can you be this week. That's not the way to the Father. Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the truth. He is the life that we've all been seeking. He's alive and he will meet us as we put our faith and our trust in him and we are obedient to his word. He said, tell my, tell my disciples, go to Galilee. I'm going ahead. I will meet you there. You know what happened when they went to Galilee? They met him there. He ate with them there. There's more miraculous things in the Gospel of John I won't get into. Uh, things that he did. He was true to his word. He's still true to his word. He is alive, guys, and he will fulfill his promise. The angel's words to the women. Go, tell his disciples. I'm going to read it. Tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Just as he told you. Every promise, guys, is fulfilled in Jesus. Just as he told you, he will be true to his word. So what do we do with this? Guys, on this Easter Sunday and every day throughout 2020, whether we are in a home, whether we're practicing social distancing, when we're through that and we're, we're able to engage with one another, we're able to engage uh, more face-to-face -face with our communities, Jesus is here every day of our lives to awaken our fearful hearts to his life. He wants to awaken your fearful heart to his life. He wants to change our heading from one of come and grieve to go and tell the good news. Go and tell. He wants to root our hope into the resurrected Christ, the one who's victorious over sin and death and hell, over, over every power of the grave, over every power of the devil. He is victorious. It's that Jesus name and no other name that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. It's this risen Savior, this risen Jesus that we worship and we celebrate today. So the question is this, will you dare to respond to this good news and to his call today? To live like he's alive, to follow this risen Jesus. Will you dare to trust his voice today? Through the pages of scripture, the testimony of his disciples. Will you trust that and follow Jesus? In responding to his call. Guys, 
in responding to his call, we too will meet him. He said to his disciples, tell him to go into Galilee. I'm going to meet him there. There you will see him. Guys, when we respond in obedience, we will engage with the risen Jesus. Maybe not physically. I'm not saying you're going you're gonna to see a physical manifestation of Jesus in the room. But you will encounter his presence. You will encounter his peace. You will encounter his joy in the middle of life's storms. And one day the promise is there. In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, the promise is that we will see him face to face. I just want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for you who are listening, who are hearing this, that this message, he is alive. He is alive. Will sink in. It is a, a risen Savior that we serve. Jesus, thank you that the gospel really does change everything. You change our fearful hearts. You change us from that coming and grieving to being people that are full of the good news, going and telling and sharing your gospel. Thank you that we get to be carriers of your presence and not just telling good words, but our very lives representing the Jesus that we serve and the great love that, we, that you have loved us, then that pours out through us to others. Just thank you so much for that. I pray for everyone listening that fearful hearts would come alive to this good news, that hearts that had been maybe hardened through pain, through loss, will come alive and beat once again with a new hope of a risen Savior. Lord, I just confess it with my own mouth. You are the Lord. You are the risen Savior. I believe that you died in my place. I believe that you carried my sin. You carried all of my sin so that I could be forgiven. And you rose again on the third day, conquering the power of that sin, conquering the wages of that sin, which is death. And you did that for me, that I too could be raised to new life in Christ and that I can know the eternal life and the reconciling with God that you have won and you have intended for all time. Thank you that I can be included in your life and in your purpose in the earth. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.